Welcome, 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 welcome to the Life is Dumb Podcast. Sweet. We're back. What's up, dude? What's going on, Nate? How are you, buddy? Living the dream, man. Yeah, a little warmer in uh, the Denver area than I think it is here in Michigan. but Dude, I was I was going to get up and do a uh, a hike today. I was so pumped. And I don't know, it was, a first, it was my first like, really good work week in a while. Woke up at about 7, thought about it. Kovu, you know, a little, little husky puppy, jumps up on the bed, just snuggles up. <laughs> damn i guess we're not going hiking yeah <laughs> so of course like three hours later like, oh, oh I'm, I'm up i'm up what time is it like, oh my god oh no it's like nine almost ten o'clock i'm like you waste of space but it's okay <laughs> sometimes I, I, it's necessary man you know what i have to keep telling myself it is okay to sleep in sometimes because it's your body's way of saying hey we need to recover right and just slow not, down a little bit work for a little bit and as hard as you have been so i don't know it's a uh, tomorrow tomorrow i'm doing it tomorrow man that's all <laughs> about my 2018 resolutions is just do it tomorrow man just do right. it tomorrow and i think if i just keep that mindset i'll always have tomorrow to get things right. done and i can just be a lazy piece of shit today so 2018 <laughs> it's going well so far <laughs> it's uh it has been a great start to this it's been an interesting start to the 2018 it's uh full of learning experiences already man it's uh, it's uh yeah i'm um i got all my labs checked on uh this week so next week i'm gonna get a baseline of where i'm at and uh, but i still need to do i still want to get like the hormone panel i i don't think there's any reason why i should have like low testosterone or um any of those sex hormones. I mean, I'm 30, maybe I'm, maybe I peaked and I'm just downhill, but, um, I, I still need to ch- get like the cortisol checked and stuff like that. Uh, only because I just think it's interesting to get a base baseline. So with that being said, I told myself last night, I was like, uh, yeah, dude. So if you start getting really healthy right now, then it's going to skew like the the baseline laughs. Don't start too early. Yeah. So that, the, and that pint of ice cream that was left over from new year's Eve still up there. So, I mean, you can clean the house up, clean, gotta, you know what it's, uh, yeah, you got to clean out all the junk food and I'll tell you what, it's been tasting great. So, uh, but, yeah. I always say I'm still working on the before picture. Exactly. <laughs> how do you make how do you make a good after picture? Make sure the before picture is horrible. It's, it, exactly. <laughs> See, we we're, we're on the right track. We got to figure right. it out. <clears throat> it's it's funny. We didn't. We actually I didn't bring this up before, but uh, before the show we started it. Uh, but I was I was thinking about where I am in life right now and and how I ended up in Colorado and Denver with school and all these things. And obviously I don't think anybody's got everything in their life figured out to where they, it's not where they want it to be. I think that's what keeps us motivated to keep going back and forth. And, and there's a whole survival thing, but that's a whole different topic. But I was kind of thinking about this morning of, and I wrote this down. I said, stop and think about the things in your life. Did you envision these things? At one point I envisioned living in Colorado. 
I envision flying home and doing homework on the plane. I, I vision myself how it would look if I studied. I vision myself and how it would look when I go hiking. All these things, and, and it's not just exclusive to living in Colorado. There's other things that I envision. There's other things I've envisioned that aren't quite here yet. Mm-hmm. But I, I was, and I, I challenge if you are listening to this to to stop and slow down. And I feel like a lot of us we tend to, I don't have this, I don't have that, I failed this, I failed that. But like we very rarely turn around and go, but what have I done well? What have I accomplished? What what goals have I achieved? And I haven't really taken the time to recognize them. And I just thought it was kind of cool that uh, if you do stop to slow it down and to, to really reflect, you'll notice that a lot of the things that you do have that you're doing, whatever it is, those experiences, you you thought about them deeply. You mm-hmm. thought about how you want them to look. And, you, and maybe they don't look exactly the same, but you're in that area. I love Colorado, man. I, I definitely think that's going to be a home. As we just talked, like it may not be my permanent home for now, but it's it's awesome that I've fulfilled some of these goals. I've tried it. I've taken action. I've gotten to where I want to be, and now it's like, okay, well, how do I navigate to make this picture a little bit more clear for myself? And and that might require me moving out of state from Colorado. It might require me moving home. Yeah, just different things. But how do you envision these things? Like it's it's important that I think people slow down and and, and you know write your goals down. Uh, but make a one-year, five-year, ten-year goal. It's not that those things don't change. They should be evolving every single day. But the fact that you have something that you're aiming for that's different than right now, it, it should help you. And I, I just, I don't know, your first step is taking action or af- after you create what it is that you want, you create that vision. But I just thought it was so cool. You know, I, like I've, you know my situation with school. It hasn't been perfect. Sure, but it's also yeah. led me to, other avenues of like, okay, maybe what I thought I really loved, it's not that I don't like it. It's just that there's a better way to fit that. And mm-hmm. why would you sit there and be miserable when you have the ability to change your circumstance? And I thought it was also kind of, uh, I don't know if ironic is the right application here, but uh, when I started thinking about this and t- thinking about the topic we want to do today, and, and which is going to be self-victimization, uh, how that really comes together and, and we can sit there and reflect and say like, yeah, it's not to say that some of it wasn't luck or some of it didn't have some kind of external environment, you know, some external factor to help. Mm-hmm. But how did you create that that path, that uneven path for sure? But I and I remember my family, will, my friends, the people that are closest to me will definitely remember how hard I worked to make sure I could get to Colorado, and and it's it, it's it's very. Uh, it's a sense of accomplishment. It's a sense of confidence when you do take that time to look back and say, I'm in more control. Um, and I think maybe we'll just get into it right here. Of, of sure. When you do feel like you are in control of this stuff, we are talking about your ability to take control of your circumstance or where you want to head in life. How do you, what kind of conscious action are you going to take? And with our to- topic today of like, uh, the self-victimization in general. We're going to talk about internal control or internal loci and external loci, and we'll explain what all that is. But um, I thought it, I, I was driving and laughing a little bit because I was like, you know, I'm guilty of this. I don't turn around ever to acknowledge my accomplishments. It's all more of like a, oh, I'm still missing this. I'm missing that. And yeah, that's not ever. <clears throat> that's not a good self self talk at all. You know, it's, no, it's it's good to know that there's still other things that you want to accomplish and stuff, but. Uh, build your own confidence and say, see, I, I did do that. I can do these things. And 
I, um, I, I thought it was pretty yeah, cool. I do that uh, almost to a T, and I'm very, I'm very good at. It, you know, so let's say nursing school, for example, or graduating high school, graduating college, joining the army. Every time there was a moment or so the big one is promotion in the army and some people make it a big celebration and high five and that's fantastic, right? So many of the accomplishments that I had, it was, even though in some cases, my immediate family, I was the first one to accomplish four years of university of not my, you know, my grandfather and my uncles. I mean, they, they all did that, but my mother and father and, and it was, my mindset was, well, I was supposed to do this. So right. why the hell are we celebrating this? Like, this is something I'm, I was supposed to do. I was supposed to graduate. Yeah. I was supposed to graduate high school. And maybe I think looking back on that, I think that was an expectation of myself. Uh, to graduate, to promote within the military, to finish the schools that I went to in the military, you know, as much as hard as they were, it was like, yeah, I was supposed to fucking do this. Like this, right. why, we're not celebrating this. I was supposed to do this. Let's celebrate when I have my first kid, or let's celebrate when you get married or something like that. I mean, those are things that are are beautiful, like accomplishments. And so, to come back to your point before, really diving into self victimization, you know, exploring what you've done well and and applying those principles as a foundation to move forward and to create goals, I found as a practical exercise that has been amazing in the past is to uh, grab a whiteboard, grab a big, long butcher block paper. And literally it can be the dumbest exercise, but you can do it on a Friday night without, instead of going out, you put that thing on a, on a, on a wall and you just make a big, long arrow right across the butcher block. And you say, you mark one side and you say, this is today. And then the end of the arrow is, I don't know, 30 years. Let's say, I don't know, just pick a number. But in there, you start making tick marks on that line and you put in things like one year, I want to be done with this. Two years, I want to be done with this. Five years, this. Ten years, this. And then all around that arrow, you put in how much money you have in each allocation of checking account, savings account, debt, IRAs, 401ks, and you just take control and you see your entire life on a butcher and as scary as this might sound, you see your, your, the, the external things in your life that you have and the goals that you want to accomplish right in front of you. And you're like, Oh, okay. And then you go from there. And there's some, there's some level of control there. I think at least for me, it's really, it's especially when, you know, you get into a new relationship, uh, you know, like Sarah and I, and you say, okay, well let's get in control. Let's see what we all have. Let's see what we have together. Let's see what we have right. combined together. What are our goals? Let's put each other's goals on this, on this board. Um, and then you have a commonality and you have a way forward. Um, I, that really doesn't tie into the self victimization, but what it does is it gives cool. you a bit of control and shows you what you do have and what, what foundation you have to accomplish the goals that you have. Well, and we will tie that in to self victimization, <laughs> but it's, it's funny you say, it cause we did talk about this off, off recording and we were talking about like, wh- why do people ignore what they want when it shows up? It's almost like yeah. the, when opportunity knocks, answer the door. But my people like the door's fucking being knocked on, nothing right, left and right. And, and like, ah, I don't know. It's not what it looked like. No, this is exactly what you were looking for. Mm-hmm. But now, now it's presenting itself. It, and we talked about this too. It, it's almost like a fulfillment. When that thing comes up, it, the easiest thing, because this is, you know, being single and being in a dating world and, 
fuck dating is uh, incredibly hard and annoying. Oh, no. It's, um, it's a beautiful But, thing. like, when, when people, they're like, oh, I want the Jim and Pam type relationship. You're like, well, first of all, that was written. Very so, much so. So. So first. Not that written. it's impossible. Just let's fucking pull it back for a second. Hey, they had uh, some troubles. Right. Right. Jim wanted to be a better, you know, chase his own dream. And it did created ripples at the end of the day love one which is awesome and i think that that's kind of where i reside is that love is bigger than most but as a team how can you do this but when when opportunity whether it's a relationship it's career you know like people like oh i want to be promoted but when the promotion's on they're like i don't know is it the right thing to do well this is what you wanted and everything you've been doing at least you hope has been in in tune with how do i get to this i think part of the reason it's scary is because it's kind of like fulfillment where you're like Oh, I'll be happy when I have a hundred thousand dollars in the bank, or I make one million dollars. You're like, nope, that's not how that works at it all. Does not. Uh, you should be you should be enjoying the process. You should be enjoying the grind. You should enjoy everything that you have because once you get there, you're gonna have to move that pole again. Exactly. Okay, you made a hundred thousand dollars. Now what? Are you happier? I can no, tell you. you might yeah. feel more accomplished, but mm. it's just so funny in the dating world. Uh, because I'm a little bit in it right now, it's hilarious because when people are like, oh, I want this, and you're like, <laughs> you've just acknowledged that, like, it's not even me. I've talked to a couple of friends, too, that are in similar situations where, like, dude, everything they say they want, I, I feel like I'm almost all of it. But then they're like, yeah, no, it's not going to work. You're like, what? Like, what, else, what is it missing? What, what, like, after two times of talking, you don't, you don't get it. But uh, it is funny that coming into this of, like, I think part of what we're going to talk to about uh, talk about today has to do with like when that opportunity does arise, what do you do with it, mm-hmm. uh, and what do you believe the reason is for that opportunity arising? Sure. I think that I think that plays in. Like, do people feel like they deserve it, or maybe it's not exactly what they wanted? But not a lot of people are honest to be able to say, "Oh man, <clears throat> that's not that's not exactly what I thought it would be." So I need to change it. I'm kind of going through that with school. Mm-hmm. You know, I it, when I came out to Colorado, it was like. Oh man, the stars are aligning. And for a minute, it felt like they were. I was in a program that I wanted to do anatomy. I love anatomy. Uh, I wanted to live in Colorado. I created all these things. I wanted to be single in Colorado. And despite a couple of you know unfortunate circumstances, I am now single in Colorado. And not because I wanted to do anything in particular. I just wanted to really use Colorado for what I thought it was. And that mm-hmm. was exploring myself and exploring what nature has to offer life and just all these things and here i am living it it's not always what it looks like you can create these visions and accomplish goals but it might present itself in just this random ass way and i think it's hilarious now and and not to say that i'm not guilty of falling through you know not following through on, on some of these things but man when it's right in front of your face and these are the things you wanted my guess is you probably want to cut that cake open and eat a piece of it and see if it works. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't, then like, okay, reevaluate. But people are just so quick to be like, Ugh, on the surface, that's not what it looked like. I'm going to close the door and not open it. I'm going to go to the next one. You're like, yeah. ah, man. <clears throat> it, it becomes, uh, it, I think part of that is what we've talked about before on the podcast. And that's regardless of whether something is going to be like the promotion is overwhelmingly positive, right? But that's also increased responsibility. That is another step in the whatever career advancement or whatever it is. And so part of that I think is um, realizing that it, it's an obstacle. It is a, it is something that is going to change fundamentally who you are 
in the context of the job, the relationship or, or whatever that is. And it, it becomes scary. It's a fear thing. It can very much right. be a fear. I can, I can look at that on so many, so many opportunities I didn't really follow that I maybe would have been equally or more passionate about than what I did in the military or that I'm doing now. And I didn't do it because of a, of a fear because of a lack of belief in myself. And I think as I move forward, especially doing this podcast, just being out here and being my own person who is living to, uh, you know, working to live as opposed to living to work, um, you know, there's, it's a completely different mindset. There's a whole other level of confidence. I mean, I can, this is not braggadocious, but I can tell you what $100,000 in the bank looks like. And I can tell you that I'm a hell of a lot happier today than I was when I had that. Right. Because it, and it, Yes, there is security in money. There's security in position. There's security, but it doesn't mean that you're going to be happy ever. Right. And I can right. tell you, I mean, I, I could, I, uh, so I, I work in a, this is nothing against socioeconomic status. This is, but, um, I, where I work, it's, it's a, it's a lower socioeconomic, um, status area. And that probably doesn't even matter to this, this topic. So I'm a, I'm a ass hat, but, um, <laughs> the Powerball is at like $500 million right now. And I remember I went into the, uh, gas station go before going into work, uh, just to grab like a drink or something like that. And it was a line around <laughs> like the, around the aisles. And I'm like, what is going on here? What is going on? Like, this is, it's like 10 o'clock in the morning on like a Friday or, or, sa- or Saturday morning. And I'm like, no one's got donuts. No one's got coffee. Everyone is getting Powerball because Powerball or the Mega Millions or whatever it was was being drawn at 9 o'clock Saturday night. And everyone's getting fucking tickets. And Essentially, they're applying for the job. I guess so. And and nothing against them because I'm not going to lie, man. I was sitting in line and I was like, uh, you can't win if you don't play. Yeah, I'm like, man, I'll tell you what I'd do with $500 million. But, but, you know, I think there's a... uh, um, there's an expect- I'll give it all back. <laughs> There's an expectation that something like that is going to buy happiness. And I think, again, um, my buddy John brings this up over and over on the, on the Mod State podcast. See that plug I just did. Um, he says, you know, if, if money bought happiness, we would still have Heath Ledger and we'd still have Amy Winehouse and we would still have a lot of- uh, a Robin lot of, Williams, people yeah, like that. Robin Williams is probably an even better example. So, I mean, aside from money, it, I think the- when you bring up that 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 notion of when good things happen and when bad things happen, there is you can either approach this this uh, this arena in life or this this crossroad in life for when negative things or positive things happen with a victim mentality or a or a non-victim mentality. And before we get into this, <clears throat> and I talked about this as we precast, I, I I did say really to caveat before this. Um, entire conversation. We're talking about victimization. I'm not talking about anyone who has a victim mentality because of something horrific that's happened in their life. Right. If you right. are in like an extreme trauma, <clears throat> exactly. If you an extreme trauma where you've had, um, you know, I, I think of someone that's been blown up multiple times in Iraq or Afghanistan or was in Vietnam and have just never worked through the horrific trauma. Someone that has been uh, raped sexually assaulted, physically abused, mentally abused, any of the horrific car accident, like you just name it. Uh, If you've never worked through that, or if you have some sort of dual diagnosis or under underlying issue, this, this isn't picking on you. Um, I think 
Someone... That's, that's the exception to the rule type, exactly. type thing where and, like these things are outliers um, in terms of what we're trying to accomplish with, with our, our topic today at least. Uh, it's, it's just that's a di- totally different circumstance and it's not that uh, you know that did you ask for it type thing. That's, that's a totally different conversation but what we're trying not to accomplish or trying to accomplish is we're not attacking anybody. It's more of a uh, very superficial what do you, how do you view circumstances mm-hmm. and do you have a healthy view or a non-healthy yeah. view i mean even uh, if even if you have a horrific circumstance a rape or it's a, a, a physical or mental um, assault at if if you're able to get help i mean that's to be able to work through those things through those things is the most important but sure. still regardless i mean i think of the the crazy stuff that i went through um and I still have the choice to have a mentality when something negative happens, like the something as dumb as the dogs getting out the other night and running down the block. Look, right. I mean, I had the choice to say, "Whoa, I accept 100 response. I, I, I am responsible for this 100. percent There is nothing else on planet. I can't blame the wind. I can't blame Mother Earth. I can't do any of this because that's what happened. The gate got blown open by the wind. <laughs> but I can't say fuck Mother Earth because, or you know, Mother Nature because I was the one that didn't latch the gate. So I'm. <laughs> if the dogs get hit by a car, it is my responsibility. It is no. It is not the driver's fault for hitting the dog. It is not the person's fault for picking this dog up and keeping him. It is solely 100 percent my responsibility. All right. That's what I'm saying. I mean, regardless of what happens, even if it's horrific, like you still do have the choice. I'm, you do have the choice on how to approach things, but there may be something underlying that is a little bit more insidious that's leading you to have this sort of mentality. I think that's a better way to articulate it. For sure. But So uh, so as we get into self-victimization, if you are listening to this, uh, be sure to uh, yeah. follow and subscribe to us uh, on iTunes if you can. Um, you find us at Life is Done on Instagram. Uh, I know we'll, probably at the end of this we'll give out our personal stuff, but uh, Life is Done, search it on whatever platform you're on. Subscribe, rate it, share it. Uh, pass us on to friends. I know that the feedback uh, continues to be overwhelming to the point of uh, speechlessness is that a word sure uh, it is it is now um but man uh, just some hearing from random people that you and i have never ever had any contact with on instagram or facebook whatever it is reaching out and just saying you know thank you for what we're doing but uh, really i think uh, we prefer to say thank you to to the support yes uh, and to to those sharing it it this is as much as it is selfish and and it does help us i, I think after the last one i said oh man uh, i've been kind of struggling the last week and or i just have been kind of lopsided um that seemed to center me at least for a little bit give me a little bit more motivation to go attack some other things that sure. i wanted to accomplish and um so i think really as much as it can can be seen as selfish our goal is to really just reach as many people Mm -hmm. and make sure that uh uh, human beings out there know that you are more control than you think uh, you matter more than you think and there's definitely somebody out there that loves you so um we thank you make sure you Mm -hmm. subscribe share whatever it is and uh here we go uh self-victimization so i think we'll start is is what is self-victimization because i think that uh it says it in its in in the in the words but um if you're looking for something, who do you blame for, for what you have or where you are, uh, you know, the why me mm-hmm. type thing? 
who takes responsibility, who bears responsibility on that. Are you resentful? Are you upset from a life situation? Is your weight, your relationship not good, your career not what you want it to be, money, whatever it might be, mm-hmm. who accepts responsibility? Do you put it out there on somebody else or the circumstances or luck or whatever it might be? Um, I know we want to talk about locus control. So yeah. there's, um, I guess, a specialty or a, a, a different arena, a, a specific arena of psychology called personality psychology. And uh, to my knowledge, this is where locus control generally comes from, or that's the arena we generally talk about it in. I'm sure you can relate it to psychology yeah, in general. In general. Um, but but in, in personality psych, we, we, we define in locus of control is, is uh, how much a person believes they uh, have control or responsibility of the successes and failures. So was I successful because of luck? Probably not. Maybe it played, you know, maybe there's some serendipitous event that, that takes place. The Powerball. Sure. Yeah. Right. But, you know, like it, you have more, generally the things that you have in your life are kind of predicated by what did you do? Sure. Um, failure and success. So internal is, is, do you take responsibility? Uh, did I, did we start a podcast because somebody else helped us? Nope. We take responsibility for what we're doing. Uh, for my weight, I take responsibility for that. Now, again, there can be some external environments, but it, this the loci, uh, locus control <clears throat> functions on a continuum, sure. much like I think yeah. most things in life. You know, there's no black and white. Very rarely is there, at least. Yeah, there's. Um, so, that's, so that's kind of where we're at with this. Yeah, I think that's important to to point out that when you're talking about locus control and you're talking about the internal and the external. So external being environmental, the things around you <clears throat> that affect the the negative and positive things that happen in your life versus the internal where it's it's really looking introspectively and taking responsibility for the successes and failures and just like anything in in psychology just like anything in medicine there's a spectrum i think when i was looking at this and exploring this i could easily say well you know i don't think i work very hard to make sure that i am not externally fixated I make sure, but I, but when things come up, like Sarah calls me out on something, I can immediately watch my spectrum shift over to external where I become defensive and, and I'm calling people out like, well, you know, if, if my case manager wasn't such a, you know, if she just would fucking listen, like blah, 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 you know, then like, Oh, uh, like, you know, she can sit back and go, whoa, dude, do you know what you yeah. sound like right now? And it's like, I know exactly what I sound like. I sound like uh, I'm so externally fixated right now. I work really hard to not do that. I work, I work really hard to stay internal and especially when negative things happen. So there is a spectrum and I, I'm happy to, I'm happy that I can say today that I think I, I've, I fall on the spectrum that shifts a little bit more towards internal. I work hard at it. I'm not saying that I, I am, I'm, I'm certainly external a lot, but I just find, and this is a personal perspective. Um, I find that being internal and accepting responsibility for the negative things that happen. Sure. There are going to be things that happen that are way out of your control. Right. right. But, but when you accept responsibility for the fact that it's going to be you that needs to overcome it. And that if you did cause it, you accept responsibility for that. Then you, the, the accomplishing or overcoming that thing, that negative problem, the negative situation, there's way more fulfillment in that. Right. And so that's what I think you read a very similar article to me. You said how a person internalizes 
a particular point of view about control speaks volumes about their ability to live with a sense of well-being and contentment. And I think that's sort of like the, that's the, if, if, if there was like a, Hey, what's the quote of the podcast? I'd have to say that might might be it. It might be it. And anyway, I'm kind of hijacking that, but I think it's, I think a practical exercise is, um, and I said, we're going to do practical exercises. I, I don't know if it's a practical exercise or not, but you can really take a moment and, and when you're trying to think about whether you internalize or you externalize, you have that locus, all you have to do is just think, okay, how do I react to situations? Do I accept responsibility or do I overwhelmingly um, think that other people are responsible for my positive and negative outcomes? And if you like honestly answer that question, you can figure out where on the spectrum you sort of fit, right? Right. You might not be all one or all the other, but you can definitely figure out uh, well, and it's not not to say that being an external is bad. No, exactly. You're uh, there, right. there are great things and there are bad things that come from it. So it's not to say that oh, you have to live. You know, your life's going to be better internally. No, you're going to feel more control when you are generally in more of an internal loci, um, a mindset, I guess. That in, in that we talked about this is it's. Uh, I think we talked about in previous episodes. It kind of goes along with fixed versus growth. Sure, an yeah. increase in internal locus uh, or loci w- would be more of a growth mindset where I take on the fact that, okay, even my failures, there's something to be learned from these things. There's um, I'm in control of taking that next step and being able to um, decipher what, what it is I need uh, versus fixed mindset is very much more related to external. It's not to say that being you know fixed mindset's bad. You know, like you look at an older generation and they're, they're, they just they follow the same system. It's not that it's bad. A lot of them, a lot of people with fixed mindsets will have a career that some of them will enjoy it. They'll make enough money. They'll retire. They'll enjoy the, you know, their kids, whatever it is. It's not all bad. Sure. It's just, it tends to, it, it shows up even in research that there's a better outcome generally when you're more focused on the internal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so looking inward, um, it, it's just, it's a within yourself. Now, yeah, you know what? You can take all the you can you can go inward all you want, but if you're sitting in the middle of a volcano, ah, yeah, it, not much you're gonna do. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So it like it's it's kind of circumstantial, and that's what makes it a continuum. Is that it's not black or white; it's gray, and it fluctuates. Some days it's going to be darker, some days it's going to be lighter, and that's what mm. allows you to really take more navigation skills and apply them to where do I want to go. Um, yeah. Well, and that, but <clears throat> yeah, and you're right when you say be external. I mean, there are just going to be things in life where people will screw you over, where someone hits you with a car, someone right. does something horrific to you. Uh, you know, I mean, you could think of it on a relationship level, right? Like a someone breaks up with you, someone chooses to divorce you, someone chooses to do these things. You, that is an external thing that you can't control, and you have every right to say. Yeah, that person did this to me. The environment did this to me. The hurricane happened. The the tsunami happened. The tornado happened. This happened. There was nothing I could do. But you still and that's that's having an external approach to it. That's that you're externally fixated. You have it's a fixed it's a, a fixed mindset, but you also then I mean you you can still I feel like you can still walk through a situation where you have introspection uh, but you can st- you still know that like hey this person this person did something egregious to me 
but right. I still have now. It's not that I can take accountability for it. There was nothing I, I could have done about it. Like they truly screwed me over. They took my money. It's like the soldier that was in Afghanistan married the married the girl before he left, and then she joined. They did a joint bank account, and she drained everything before he came back from deployment. He's that 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 girl's. The girl's a well. Well, we anyway, all know. Yeah, uh-huh. and uh, and yeah. I mean, I guess he could take some. Poor guy, whatever it might. Whatever be. Whatever it might be. Two thousand seventeen. Uh, you know, he there's maybe some responsibility there that he maybe jumped in with someone too soon, but she still did something horrible. But you then still have the the choice to make, and the choice is: Do I stay a victim, and do I stay in the victim fixed kind of mentality that? look, I'm never going to make it ahead because she screwed me over, man. She screwed me over. I'm never going to make it forward. Um, that that's staying fixed and you can, so even if something bad happens that you can't control, it still happened. You can still have that introspective look like now I am going to be strong and get through this. I'm going to rebuild, even though it was at no fault of my own, I have the decision to make. Well, like you said, even in the external, there's an internal. It's kind of like, why do we take what people say to us so personally? And this is something that uh, I've been thinking about the last few days. And we've talked about uh, self-victimization to each other for the last few weeks about like, oh, when are we going to get this topic? Because this is something we definitely want to talk about. In the last few days, I've noticed that even my own mentality, um, you know, I've gone through a lot of interesting experiences coming home. And these are like, that's kind of why I thought about it, the reflection, these things I drew up, these are the things that I wanted and I'm living them right now. But that's not to say that I did, I did not acknowledge that some of the struggle would be coming home, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for a vacation, whatever it might be. I didn't acknowledge those things. So these are kind of new, uh, confounding variables that I'm like, Whoa, didn't, didn't, you know, what do I do? This is on my feet type thing. But they're, why do we take things so personally? And I thought about this recently because I'm taking a lot more of what people do, their actions, what they say personally. Mm-hmm. But when you, when you take that external um, stimuli, whether positive or negative, you can still look inward and say like, okay, this person was being rude to me. Is that in any way a reflection of who I am or anything I've done? Or is that maybe them having an issue with themselves and just projecting that insecurity, that uh, that you know unhappiness, this, that displeasure with life outward. So you have to be very cautious and, and mindful of of what what is it? Did you do something to provoke? Like you know, I piss you off, and, mm-hmm. and you come after me, and you're saying these words that are uh, seemingly true, ringing true to the situation. Yeah, you know what? I probably created most of this. Uh, I did something that really kind of upset you. And now the backlash is I feel like shit because you're saying stuff to me that I'm taking personally. Fair. But, you know, you relationship or a career, like, you know, in a relationship, sometimes things just change. Uh, people find out more about themselves every day. And so when those things change, you, you know, in theory, you hope, I think, you know, for someone that's in a monogamous relationship, their goal in getting involved with somebody is that they create a quote unquote power couple or it's something that they've built and developed a team and that team is going to continue to build its chemistry and through, you know, thick and thin or till death do us part type thing, we will find a way to get through this together. Now that obviously does not always happen and that's okay because no, things change. And so, <laughs> right. So you can take those relationships, those experiences and milk them for all they're worth and say internally, 
I am not responsible for this change. I'm not responsible for my significant other taking a different path and me saying, you know what, that's not the path I feel like I'm on. I'm on a different one and we go our separate ways. I appreciate everything we've done to get to this point and obviously all this is much easier said than done but it, it's one of those things of when you do kind of look for that internal, what can I control, you start to not get so defensive. You don't take responsibility for other people's action. You know, it's like being an empath. Uh, an empath when it's like they they take on everybody else's feelings. And that's not an issue. It's when you can't segregate the two. I know I'm taking on your emotions. I want to because I love you or I care. You know, whatever it might be. That's great. But when you start to um, function out of somebody else's emotions, now we know that you are attached to the external environment and you have lost a little bit of internal. Again, not that that's the end of the world, not that that's wrong. It's just a matter of can you acknowledge, can you recognize these things and then regain control to say what am I in control of? What can I change? How do I make myself get into a better headspace, a better direction? Mm. Whatever it might be, uh, there is always internal in external. And I, I've realized this in the last week about myself and it's something that I wish I would have put as a New Year's resolution – but it's something that I think will always be a part of your life if, if you're conscious about it is why do I feel guilty for being true to myself? And when other people say things or do things, why do I take on the responsibility of saying I'm I'm what's I, I created that? Mm -hmm. I may have had influence on it, but that's not to say that I'm the reason that it's happening. Um, so it, it's it's something that I feel personally I need to get better at because it's not fun living that way. Um, but also if you're going to have this conversation about internal, there's something to learn from that external experience of why do I feel guilty? Why am I struggling with yeah. it? Because I haven't learned a lesson yet. When I, when I started researching, uh, victimization and when, when I was exploring this, this locus, right, this location where we, where we sort of center ourselves, mm -hmm. it was really hard for me to like for whatever reason, stick to the idea that internal, whether you, when do you want to describe one as more a positive or negative. I think we can say growth is probably better than fixation, even though you pointed out that it's not inherently wrong or bad. But I, I it always, definitely comes with its ups and downs. Exactly. Way. So I think of I always think of internal as like internalizing as as opposed to being introspective. I think those are two. Right. It's almost like a juxtaposition, if you will. But I think something that's interesting that you're pointing out, and I see this in myself, and it, it may be a form of self victimization that. I'm not even realizing that it's self-victimization, but it is. And there's two things I do. And this is one thing that I think everyone, you see it a lot on Facebook. You see it a lot on Instagram. There are memes that say, you know, things like, hey, 2018 resolution. Oh, I'm still going to be the same asshole that says whatever I want from 2017 right. to 2018. Or the this desire to... I don't care what anyone says about me. And I've always been someone that has been a bit jealous of individuals that truly have thick skins that oh, really yeah. do not care what a person says, what a person says about them because they are principled with the way they are going to be. I don't care what you say. This is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to accomplish it. Call me whatever you want. You know, I'm going to fight tooth and nail for what I want. And I don't care about the little things that someone says <clears throat> along the way. Um, well, and, is that not a true definition of I'm, I am self-confident and I, my belief yeah. about myself and my purpose is, mm -hmm. is much bigger than anything that you can strike me down with. It's, uh, yeah. 
there's so many var- we talked about this in the last episode with fear there's just so many variables that can go in and out of that but uh, whether it's the victimization or you have that internalization of like i'm just going to shrug it off i still think that everybody hears it processes it it's the efficiency of said processing but how do you go through it i think part of that is self-confidence i think sure. part of it is is just experience but also that just your belief in your purpose like what am i trying to accomplish yeah we've had conversations about the podcast yeah, at least you know you've been probably more listening to me than than I've been listening to you about it. But like, there is an anxiety about doing the podcast for me. You know, there's it, you put yourself out there in that way, and I'm doing things that I, yeah, you know, I, I talked. I was talking to some friends last night about it, and I said, you know, like social media. I've always been on social media, probably far too much, too much of an attachment to it, but. Before I moved to Colorado, and part of the reason I started posting more was, yeah, we want to get a following. We want to reach more people with this stuff. So I started being more interactive with it. But uh, before I moved to Colorado in August, the last time I had posted a picture on Instagram was literally the previous August when I was visiting Colorado in the mountains. So, mm, you know, yeah. like these things are very uncomfortable for me. And, and it's, it's what is your bigger purpose? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what? Not everybody's going to love what you're doing. Not everybody's going to at least acknowledge that they struggle with certain things or can relate to it. That's fine. I don't need you to. When you're ready, you will. Yeah. But for me, and we've talked about this, I had to write notes to myself. Like, I'm just not okay standing idly by knowing that there's people that hate their life, that think they're not worthy, that are trying to kill themselves. Or there's people that you know you want to look at as a ne- less negative and talk about optimization. I love where I'm at, but I would like to go further. Okay. Well, we can be do that, doing that too. Yeah. It's not that these skills or skill sets that we're trying to establish, or you know, pointing out what is and what is not real. For, you know, all these things. It's not to say it all has to be applied to a negative situation. You can be you can be functioning at a hundred percent and say like, how do I make my hundred percent a little bit more hundred percent? Sure. You know, however you want to <laughs> phrase it. But yeah. I, I think that really, truthfully, there these things all complement each other. It's just a matter of how do you spin it mm. to work for you instead of against you. Yeah. Same thing with fear. You know, like it should be something, a tool that moves you forward, not something that fucking drags you down. Exactly. <clears throat> and I think there's a, 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 you, and at least for me, I need to be able to delineate between vulnerability and self victimization. So when, you know, you're going to drop a podcast <clears throat> and it's full of some deep personal, intimate information, you know, that's, there's a vulnerability to that. And I think there's a, a thick skin that you need and you can create, there's less, there's less of a victimization. When I think about, when I talk about something like having thick skin or not caring about what people say, it's like, I, when, when someone says something to me or someone calls me out on something or there's a confrontation, right? I, for whatever reason, internalize that. And I can outwardly say like, man, I don't care what people say about me but that's bullshit because the right. visceral response I have to that is what did I do wrong? What did I do? Oh man. And you start, you start getting down on yourself and, and something I notice that I do a lot and I'm trying to fix this <clears throat> is I say, sorry, all the time. I say, mm-hmm. Hey, Hey, I'm sorry. I need to get in here. Hey, oh, I'm, I need to get to this computer. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Texting my boss, uh, the other night uh, at work because we had a we needed to get a patient a ride. Hey, I'm so sorry I'm bugging you at 8:30 at night. And I, I look at I look at that and it's not it's it's hard to apply self or victimization to that, but it is almost a projection of my um, 
lack of confidence or the way that I feel that the outside environment perceives me, you know, just being sort of a burden or being a pain in the ass. I mean, that is victimization. It isn't saying that, Hey, she did something to me. So screw her. That's why I'm in the spot that I'm in right now. It's literally saying like, Hey, I somewhere in my, in my being, I've feel that society perceives me as a certain way. It doesn't mean I can't achieve my goals. It doesn't mean that I can't move forward. But that's the difference between someone who's got thick skin and who's really willing to say like, I am doing the right thing. I don't care what you say. I don't care right. what you say to me. I'm not sorry that I need to do my job. I'm not sorry that I need to text you. I'm not sorry that I need to get to this computer. I need to get out of my way, man. Like I got to do well, this. And you know, when you're going to be really sorry is when you don't do it the right way. And it's as simple as can I just call you real quick and see what the fuck I need to do? Exactly. You know, like I, and I, I th- it's hilarious you say this. I just had this conversation with somebody Wednesday night or whatever last week it was, uh, talking about how often people say sorry, and not that you shouldn't ever say sorry. Fine, you're being polite. Like, if, yeah. especially if you truly mean it. You're like, dude, my apology. I didn't mean to upset you or There's whatever. It is. It is. I apologize. I need to right. get in here. But like, we should be saying thank you for understanding. Thank you for giving me an opportunity to explain. Thank you for not belittling me. You know, people, you talk, you talked about like um, being defensive. That's how, for me, I, I just said this a few weeks ago to somebody. Uh, that's how I know you're not there yet. That's how I know I'm not there yet. When someone says something to me, my first instinct is to get defensive or mm-hmm. upset about it. And I am attached to the external environment still. And 100%. Until I get, when I t- until I fix that man it's just not this is gonna be this you're gonna struggle more than oh, you're not dude. i and, it, and that is purely on you mm-hmm. and and whatever exercise you have to do to start establishing it and, and exercise could be just the the rate at which you acknowledge that you're you're defensive or whatever it might be you know like usually when you get defensive that means you either know they're right you know the external environment's right the person's right whatever the situation might be you know that what needs to be done is exactly what you're being defensive against. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, again, I hate that we talk about relationships almost every time, but it's just such well, an easy I, example. Yeah, I got um, one it, after it, relationships. relationships are so dynamic. They really are. Uh, but, but like when you say something like, you know, you and I could be just as a friendship. When I ask you, you know, I say, Hey dude, you know, I didn't really appreciate this. It's not an attack on you. It's that for whatever reason, we just have different values or ways of doing things. And again, it's not a sorry thing, but you know, like if you said that to me and I was like, well, fuck that, you know, like I, this is not the way it's going to work. Like, dude, I was just letting you know that it bothered me. I'm, I'm not upset. I just want you to know that like, mm. if, if I don't communicate it, we'll never be able yeah. to fix it. And then everybody's going to be upset again. Yeah. It, so it's, yeah. it's a matter of like, dude, when you're defensive time out, just yeah. breathe for a second really process what the situation is, what's being said, and are you actually being attacked? Because I feel like, especially in this world that we live in right now, we make the victimization more exclusive than it ever needed to be. And it's selfish, but like, no one's, no one's, not no one. A lot of times you're not ever being attacked. It's just a communication thing of like, hey, all good, no issue. Just want to let you know that I don't see it happening that way. Okay. Well, that's it. It's, you know what? I'll try and be more mindful it, of it the next time. And, exactly. and if we need to, we'll continue to hash it out. When someone has an issue with something, um, let's say it's something you do, or it isn't that they hate you or they dislike you at your core. It's just, it, again, as I'm throwing my, uh, and I think you know this one, and 
and I'm kind of giving a nod to my buddy Zach here, but it's who moved your cheese theory, right? Yeah, it's great, great book, great by book. the way. Yes. And it, <laughs> it literally is, it isn't you. It's just that person's cheese got moved just a little bit. Like you farted wrong and it just moved a little bit. And it's not you, dude. It's just, it's, it's just someone's trying to communicate that this is not my MO. This is not how I, but like someone like me, I don't react very well to that as much as I want to. I, I wish that there was a hack. I wish there was a pill I could take where people are having a bad day and I am just like, oh man, I, I'm going to tread on ice here. Like maybe what am I doing to contribute to their bad day? And I just go down that rabbit hole all the time and right. probably realistically, I'm starting therapy again on Tuesday. I'll let everybody know that. I need to go see a shrink. And yay. I'm 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 ho- yay. I'm hoping to explore why I feel that way. Like what is it that that makes me feel like I'm contributing or I need to somehow uh, somehow you're responsible, responsible for, some, for how somebody it. else feels. Exactly. When I know sitting here that unless I do something egregious, you know, like I go shit on your pillow or something like that. Like right. yeah, then I've obviously contributed to your negative situation. Right. But if I'm just living my life and I'm doing everything I need to do and like you're having a pissed off day or so-and-so at work's having a pissed off day, you, I need to realize that I'm not contributing to that. I'm just doing what I need to do. And there's no reason to internalize that energy. And right. I, but I do it all the time. I do it I, all I think, the time. I think that, uh, I don't know. It seems to be people for me, obviously this is, uh, really just kind of watching from afar. But the people that have struggled so much with maybe it's self-esteem or self-confidence or just have had, I don't want to use the word trauma, but maybe I have to use the word trauma for lack of better terms. They've had some kind of experience where they felt like they've been a burden or responsible for it. These things are learned, right? I mean, like continually, you continue to talk that way to yourself and all of a sudden every situation is a walk on eggshells situation where you're like, I don't want to make someone upset by saying like, you know, texting someone, you know, your boss. Well, dude, you know what's going to be a really big fucking issue is if she shows up tomorrow and stuff's not done right. Yeah. Now we gotta we gotta go back. So it's really just a form of communication of like, hey, how do we make this whole machine work more efficiently? You see it with teams. Everything, you know, relationship is a team. Playing hockey with a team. Uh, you know, you can take your individual sports, of tennis and golf, whatever it is. Those are still teams. They all have coaches. So at some point you've got to have a communication. If it was just all you, we would the world wouldn't be what it is today, obviously. But without a support system, whatever, you have to be able to communicate these things. And even from the other side of it, of you know, we say it is like um, we feel responsible. But when you go to communicate to somebody, I know for me, make confrontation is not my favorite thing. Some no, people that might, yeah, some people that listen to this right now might, might argue that, but, uh, I don't, especially like close friends. I don't like talking about it because the things are usually not insignificant. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's very insignificant, insignificant to, you know, the next 30 years. I probably won't even remember this situation, yeah. but right here, right now, whether it's my mood, whether it's my current circumstance, whether it's none, none of that stuff, it just is what it is. I struggle to make that confrontation because I'm like, you know what? I don't want to make that person feel responsible for the way I'm feeling. But what happened was a little bit uh, didn't make sense to me or mm-hmm. it changed my energy. And I didn't, you know, like, how am I ever going to fix that? Well, you got to say something. Yeah. You know, it's not an attack. It's truly just like a, hey, dude, um, you know, you did this. And like, 
I don't I don't know if it's something I did that promote provoked it or you know whatever it is, but like it just it seemed weird to me. I uh, just hope everything's okay, or you know I'd appreciate if we talked about this or you yeah. know, whatever it might be. It's just really trying to communicate, but it's hard to communicate when we do live in this world where uh, everybody gets not everybody, but you know what I mean. It, the majority of people are very quick to get defensive and tell you why you're wrong. Yeah, like you're you're just wrong. You're yeah, like, it's, like, no, dude, you can't tell me that what I'm feeling is wrong. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, um, yeah. I, thank you, Bear. Bear just uh, shook <laughs> Hi, Bear. all over the microphone. I'm going to go, uh, Kovu is, is barking at the door real quick. So I'm going to get, you, I'm going to give you the floor for 30 seconds yeah. while I go let this so, wolf in. Yeah, we'll keep talking about the external environment. Right. So you know, we, we talk about an external environment, and, and you're talking about success from uh, uh, the sources outside of you or immediate control. You know, what does luck play in? Uh, other environmental factors. Is it luck or accidental? We, I used the word serendipitous earlier, but uh, you don't see how your actions or, or lack of the action may be the root cause of, of how you feel about life. So kind of encompassing from previous episodes of the take action and take control, how much of your outside sources do you blame? How much do you blame uh, these these circumstances on, on people or other situations? Uh, but to continue to experience the same negative consequences over and over is a habitual pattern and it's something that's learned. So, you know, repeating the actions and thoughts, whether positive or negative, uh, uh, creates a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's something we brought up with fear. A mm -hmm. self-fulfilling prophecy, in the easiest sense for me to explain, would be the I told you so. Why did I fail this exam? Uh, because, because of this, that, and the other. Well, but what did I do? You know, I I struggled when I moved home from Grand Valley after my you know head injuries kind of put me out of hockey. I and I still struggle today, but I was very quick to be like, "Well, it's the head injuries. I shouldn't have done this. I shouldn't have done that." Like hockey ruined my life, but that was my opportunity to really look back and say, "What did hockey provide with for me?" Mm -hmm. And sure, I'm I'm about I guess eight years out now from playing and and competitively, and and it's one of those things of now I look at it and say like. Why, what is the reason I'm doing a podcast? What is the reason I try to submerse myself and will continue to submerse myself in health, in fitness, in mental health itself? Well, it's because hockey created uh, – uh, through hockey, I created an experience that um, for whatever reason, maybe this is the luck. I don't know. I put myself in positions uh, to, to get hurt. Um, but – looking back you could spin that positive and say i'm doing these things because i took control of that experience the situation i was in and i didn't let it uh negative de negatively define me i did for a time but at some point i just said this fuck this is enough yeah. and i started taking control to move on forward so you know when you talk about an external external loci you know loci being just a location where you are yeah. in your life type thing uh what you repeatedly do and your actions, your thoughts will create something. And what I think we would try to tell people not to do is create the self-fulfilling prophecy. The I told you so, first of all, nobody wants to hear it. Uh, and secondly, it doesn't do you any favors. It does not do yourself any favors. You know, so mm -hmm. uh, again, I think this is all encompassing to the self-talk, the belief of yourself, uh, fear, what's holding you back. But really is how do you take action in any situation you're in to create the next thing? Uh, we talked about this with a natural disaster. We can yeah. we can go from you know sure a natural disaster. I I've never been in a hurricane. My house has never been destroyed by a tornado or hurricane, anything like that. But we can take accountability for saying, okay, you know what? Um, in some cases, I don't want to make a blanket statement, but in some cases, 
you are responsible for the fact that you are living in Florida and yes. it's hurricane season and I can't stop a hurricane. But I could potentially change my circumstance and live in Michigan where there's probably not going to be a hurricane. Yeah. Uh, you know, so, so like, it's not to say that you, you know, that's the example of, okay, there's internal and external. And the external situation there is that disaster, that natural disaster. But uh, when you talk about what can you do about it, you can accept your, your circumstance. Okay, yeah, a hurricane took you out. That's fine. It's it's a terrible circumstance. Nobody wants to have that issue. But what are you doing to move forward? Uh, okay, we got to figure out how I'm gonna. You know, am I missing family? Am I missing pets? Do I are any of my belongings still there? There is internal uh, reflection in an in an in an external experience. Experience exactly. That's uh, yeah. I think that's just the reality in some some situations where you literally will not be able to control what what happens and you can you can apply that to like you said natural disaster you can apply that to uh even a relationship where someone just is ready to move on right and there is nothing you can do and you you again it's again like it's what i I think i said before alluded to it's like you won't be able to do anything about that but you have the choice to look inside and, and, and internalize and have that growth that says, okay, I'm going to overcome this. I will get through this. You look at all these crazy stories. Um, <clears throat> there's a, there's a story of, a, a uh, I think it was in world war one or two bailing on my history here, but he escaped from uh, a Russian prison camp and literally spent like two years in the wilderness making his way across Russia. Um, you look at any situation where, um, <clears throat> well, I mean, you could just watch a Bear Grylls episode, someone who's right. like putting themselves out in an environment. And you, like in this case, this guy that made it across Russia, I mean, you you literally could, you, you had nothing, you could control none of that. You're there. There's nothing you can do about it. But there's there's going to be a movement. There's a, there's a desire to dig in deep and like for example last night and i don't know why this irked me because obviously i am not perfect and i've dealt with my own believe it or not (laughs) uh it's and he was having a conversation um with and again who who is this this is a a, not naming names here but it's a a individual whom i uh is a patient of mine and uh or or might be might be some guy anyway i was helping him uh, get back to his his house or his where he ever, wherever he's living. I don't know all of his mental health history, but I know enough that he is consciously able to make decisions geographically where he would like to live. And I think I learned a little bit more last night. So <clears throat> he managed, and I don't know how much is substance abuse issue. I don't know how much is what, but you know what? I think I know that in my personal experience, I... I fall under this blanket of what I'm naming this guy. Like I, I did deal with substance abuse, substance dependency, and continue to to do so. So maybe this this irks me a little bit more. But you know, his ride didn't show up. So he, okay, hey, my ride didn't show up. Okay, um, did you call him? Like, uh, no, I I don't have their number. Okay, uh, do you know the name of the agency? Uh, no, no, I think they their 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 cab colors look like this. And I'm like, dude, what are you, 
What do you mean? Google. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly what happened. I said, okay. Cab company it, with green and yellow. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. Um, do you, okay. Well, what's your, uh, what's your like Medicaid, Medicare number? Like, oh, I don't have it written down. I'm like, okay, where are you going? Okay. Do, at do least you know we, who you are? <laughs> yeah, at least you know where you're going. Okay. Right. All right. So let's, let's, let's start. Let's just do what I can here. Okay. This is my job, but I, I will help you out. Let's do everything we can. So we're calling a couple of the transportation agencies and no one's got them on file. So like, Hey dude, like who, can you help me out here a little bit? Like what, what do you got? What do you got? Do any so, of these names sound familiar? <laughs> so nothing's, nothing's triggering. Nothing's. So I finally look at him and I'm like, Hey, look, dude, you need to get this information. You need to write it down on an index card so that when this happens again, you can do something about it. And I'm not sitting here messing around. Okay. Okay, dude. Okay. So I'm, I'm trying to figure out something else for this guy. I'm, I'm trying to handle uh, this through an avenue that I know I can, I can handle this situation because he's not going to be able to, I don't expect him to right. have the money to be able to like call a cab. Like he's in this situation specifically for a specific, specifically for a specific reason. Um, <laughs> and uh, so this is, this is the part that, so he gets on the phone. So someone calls him. So right where I'm at, he gets in this phone conversation and he's, he's, it's like his sister or something like that. And he just launches into how his dad is, is helping his biological kids more than he's helping them and how they Jeez. put them in the will because of this and how he's only, you know, here and there sending 50 bucks. Like how he can't do that. He can't just help one half of his kids and not help the other half of his kids and this and that. And I'm sitting there like, I'm seated. Dude, why, don't you, why don't you try helping yourself? Oh my God, dude. I was like, <laughs> I was boiling because here I am bending over backwards to make sure this asshat gets what he needs. And that is the perfect example of just this victimization that I'm not moving forward because dad's helping someone else right. and he's not helping me. Or I, and when you get spoon fed stuff and you expect things to happen, um, you know, you don't write any of this shit down. Why would I write down my, why would I write down my numbers? You guys do right. it for me all the time. Again, I'm not trying to pick on the guy, but it was like, we were literally, literally talking about what we were going to do for this podcast. And this just magical moment <laughs> happened. And I'm like, Oh yeah, this is like, I wish I could, script this so I could <laughs> just make it like a YouTube clip or something like that. But obviously again, I'm not picking on him because I am picking on him, but I don't know every external factor. I don't know what his IQ is. So I could, I could be, it's really more the situation. And what I'm saying is there's a lot of people that, that do have this mentality where it's, and the reason I brought up self victimization to you uh, is because I went to a group um, and they were talking about uh, substance abuse and addiction and stuff like that. And the topic of self-victimization came up. And so many of these people talked about their time, their negative associations and connotations and experiences that they had in life. And the overwhelming, um, I guess, theme of the night was how often you were, you felt like everyone else was the problem and, and you, you were not. And I think that's a practical exercise you can make. It's like any situation where you have confrontation, do you blame others? And if you blame others more, then you obviously are kind of fixed. I don't know where I was going with that when I was talking about how external things somehow <laughs> um, happen and internal, uh, but you can still internalize. But uh, again, well, it's the guy that wants to put responsibility on everybody else, but it's not taking it for himself. Like, okay, your ride didn't show up. 
you can't always control that. But you know what you can control? You can have your numbers exactly. down. You could have understood the taxi yeah. cab. You, you could have known something. Yeah, or you could like just... You didn't know anything. Yeah, or you, you could know. get on Google yourself and figure it out. And I think that's... Yeah, maybe that's exactly what it was. It was that you, you, you cannot control something not... I mean, he can't control this taxi driver not showing up. Like That's just the way it's going to be sometimes. Right. But you can also make a concerted effort to do something about the shitty situation instead of metaphorically getting on your phone and bitching about why dad doesn't send more money. Right. That can be, that can be an analogy that can be analogous to pretty much anything in, in life. But I think when I really had to think about this topic and how it applies to me, because, uh, um, admittingly, when I talked, when I thought about self victimization, I was like, yeah, man, like I'm good. I don't, I like perp- I pers- purposely work on this, bro. Like I'm, I'm, I'm so introspective. And then as I started exploring it more, I'm like, no, you, you're not at all, dude. Yeah. You're so defensive. <laughs> Shit, I think I <clears throat> need some more work. <laughs> need way more work. And uh, I think I started noticing that over this break too. Uh, I, I think I started noticing it in other people, and then as soon as you start recognizing anything, you know, it's like you buy a new car and you're like, I didn't see these on the road at all, and then all of a sudden you're like. Son of a bitch. Everybody's got my car now. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of similar where it's just it's now a part of your world, so you, you notice it. So you start, you know, for me, I started looking at other people. I'm like, dude, what what are you so defensive about? And I'm like, why the fuck am I getting so defensive? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it, it's I wrote this quote down. Uh, I don't even remember where I got it from, but it says if your if your philosophy about control is outside your conscious awareness then you are essentially a slave to it, repeating the same negative dynamics again and again, all the while feeling at the mercy of the circumstance. Hmm. So it's kind of what we're talking about of, of uh, what's your view on the control? How are you, how are you putting all the, this, this circumstance, the situation, your experience into what story are you telling yourself? And, and are you putting blame on other things or people? Or are you putting it back to yourself? And how are you going to navigate through uh, that quote, I read it a few times and I'm still not sure I'm interpreting it the right way. But for me, it, it really was saying like, well, yeah, if you continue to say negative things or do negative things and repeat these things over and over again, you are, you're putting the, you're giving control to everything else. Sure. Why the hell would you ever, I mean, it's, yeah, again, it's great to have a teammate, but like a relationship or something at work, it's. It's always easier when you can have the control because now you're in control of your destination. Now, when you pick a teammate or you know the teams that find success are generally the two people that can put tiny issues aside quickly and compromise and get on the same page or uh, create more clarity that that make everything triumphant. And it's just to continue, uh, okay, we got this struggle. How are, how are we going to get through it? Uh, but I think that it's, one of the easiest ways I can tell is, am I relying on other people for this? Hmm. Because if I want this bad enough, I don't need anybody else. Now, yes, is it easier with support? In theory. Sure. Generally, in theory, things are easier when you have somebody by yourself. You just feel you're stronger in numbers, yeah. right, to an, an extent. to an extent. So it's one of those things of like, yeah, it's great to get help. Like I wouldn't be podcasting if it wasn't for you. You know, like I, I just – Maybe I would at some point have done it, but I wouldn't have started when we started. And so that was when, okay, here's something I want to do. I proposed it, and I just found somebody that was interested in the same thing, and we thought we had something good, which is sweet. But that's not to say that I couldn't have asked somebody else, and they've been like, 
fuck that. I'm not like, and then I'd be waiting yeah. on them or they'd be like, yeah, 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 I will get to it eventually. Well, I kind of want to do this now. I kind of want to do this yesterday, you know, whatever it might've been. Uh, it's, it's funny when you can sit there and say like, am I relying on someone else or something else to fulfill or for that card to drop? But what kind of control do you have? What can you mm-hmm. be doing to, to make this happen for yourself or, you know, change the service, whatever it might be. It's, uh, it's very interesting how you view control, how you view a circumstance, and then again, how what's the framework behind it? Is yeah. it negative self-talk? Is it uh, negative outlook on the experience? How do you view your struggle? How do you view that failure? Is it something a catalyst that's going to propel you forward, or is it something that you're going to sit there and, and and cry over? And that's something I've started to acknowledge too more recently. Is okay, you know what? This situation is not at all what I wanted it to be. I wanted more out of this, or I expected it to be different, but it's not. It is what it is. So yeah. It's okay to feel into that stuff. I actually had this written down when we were talking about earlier. Like, why do people um, ignore the things they want when they're right there in front of them? You know, mm-hmm. the door opens, you oh, you look at it, and you're like, okay, why don't you slow down, and why don't you understand what you're feeling? What is it you're feeling? Oh, this person uh, already very quickly um, knows how to handle my stress, knows how to. Um, keep me calm when I'm worked up, doesn't get worked up when I'm getting worked up, like all these things, but you're going to ignore how good that is, Mm -hmm. how you've never had, or you very rarely do have experience with other people where they know how to really truthfully work with your personality. You know, that's the compliment, compliment that goes back and forth between people, um, regardless if it's in the workplace, it's Mm -hmm. in a relationship, if it's teamwork, you know, whatever it might be, uh, it, it's that slow down and, and not only take the inventory, but f- what are you feeling? It's mm-hmm. okay to feel sad. It's okay to feel defensive. It's irresponsible to spout that stuff off real fast without thinking emotionally. And and that makes every situation worse. So slow down, time out, feel, and okay, am I being more attached to external? Am I trying to get more to the internal? What are my steps to... Um, mitigate going one way or the other. What way do I not want to go? What way is the right way? And although it might be more difficult, I still need to go there. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you achieve those things? And yeah. I think that really is a feeling. Um, people get way too mind associated. Like, well, it's not what I thought it was going to be. Of course not. You can't you can't draw everything. You can't just draw a picture and be like, well, there it is. Yeah, it's it's interesting <clears throat> that you bring up uh, control because I think when you're talking about um, fixations internal and external there is control goes into that so much and your ability to control your environment and the ability to control your mind and the mindset that you have i mean maybe that's like the <clears throat> that's the million dollar question i mean this is this is why we have the podcast it's what how, learning to control mindset and to change mindset and it's a lot easier. It's okay. It's harder in practice and it's an incredibly hard thing to change and challenge and construct and control mindset. But truly that is what you have utter complete 100% control of over the external. You will never have control of the external. I will never, as much as control as I have right now of everything that I'm doing, I have more control over what's going on in my head and how I perceive the situation and how I act upon the situation. I will, and I think that's maybe even, I mean, again, that's, that's what this whole podcast has been about. This is the last six episodes has been control and what we, what we can control, what we're trying to control. And 
you know, it's, it's sometimes, at least for me, and I think this is this is an important thing that I always need to rehash is, and, and I don't know if I'm going to articulate this quite well, but sometimes I feel that I'm afraid and unwilling to work on the internal and control the things within my mind and try to change the mindset in my head. So then I go and try to control the external environment. Mm -hmm. And then when I try to do that and I fail to do that, I fail to control people. I fail to, to like when I've got a good idea or someone's got a good idea, like, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. I want to control that so much. I want, let's, let's do it. And and people step back and like, dude, like you need to chill out like this. And I can't control that, but I want to because I'm afraid and I'm unwilling to control the things in my mind, the, the patience, the right. the um, introspection, the inventory. That stuff's scary. It's a lot easier well, to – I don't know. And, and I mean I think that's like a form of self-pity. Uh, when you resist self-pity, like you, you focus on the problem that is within your control. Mm-hmm. You know, so – that's how you would resist self-pity. Not resisting self-pity would be like, well, it's – I don't want control. I'm not going to take responsibility. However you want to phrase it uh, verbally, that's fine. But when you resist the actual self-pity or self-victimization, I feel like that is really when you get to focus on the problem. Uh, you take the aspect of what is actually in your control. What can I change uh, versus what can I not? Mm-hmm. And, and then uh, deal with it, move forward with it. it it's um, – I don't know. It's an interesting topic. I think it's it's something that I struggle mightily with. Uh, more, I think it's become more obvious, even just as easy as today. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, it's it's funny. I did have this conversation with another buddy yesterday. It's you look at everybody needs coaching. Uh, even Tom Brady gets coached. So I go into a gym and I'm like, nah, I don't want to try this because the fear of not being able to do it or someone tell me I'm doing it wrong. Okay, well, that's a fixed mindset. Mm-hmm. That is exactly the thing I don't want to do, and everything I should be doing is going towards that fear because there's an opportunity to learn, develop, and, and grow. Now, it might not be the growth that I was looking for, but it's a learning experience to say, okay, you did go in, you didn't know how to do it, or you thought you did and you were doing it wrong, and now you've adjusted, you've adapted. And as human beings, what are we? what's our ultimate goal? To adapt, mm-hmm. to create and adapt. So the more that you create, the more that you adapt, the more that you're going to see this, this, these obstacles or these fears or just circumstances that feel negative, you're going to spin them to a positive and you're going to make them work for you uh, instead of being that self-pity, that victimization of like <clears throat> just putting the responsibility on somebody else or that's, you know, I didn't want this, but it happened anyways. I can't believe I'm the one that has, you know, why me? The yeah, why me thing. Exactly. The million dollar me. question, why me? Why can't I be the millionaire? Well, very few people that are millionaires are actually uh, handed that money. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are self-created, and a lot of it did come from uh, the fact that when they were down, they did not, or they were changed the way they viewed it, they did not put the responsibility on somebody or something else. They said, what am I going to do to change it? Mm-hmm. They took action. And and to me, that that's something that uh, is relatively new mentality for me. It's something that I don't excel at yet. Um, because you know, in this, I feel like doing this podcast, it always sounds like, Oh, you got to do this. You got to do that. It's not to say that in the last three episodes, you know, three weeks that I've been home that I haven't been struggling. I have been, mm-hmm. it's been an incredibly challenging month for me. Uh, and, and to the point where I'm like, God, I just don't e- I don't even know if I'm coming or going right now. Yeah. But that's, that's life. necessary, man. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's, there's something to be taken from it. And it just means that. 
I haven't milked the situation for everything it's worth. You know, like uh, we talk about this in strength training on a linear periodization. You should be on a linear periodization as long as you possibly can until you can't move another weight. Mm -hmm. And then we'll adjust it. Because linear periodization is just like, just get as much fucking strength as you can and and let's roll. That's, Mm -hmm. That's all it really is. And I don't think that life really has to be any more complicated than that. What is the current circumstance? We also know that that current circumstance is temporary. Now, that could be I get married and we last for five years uh, and then we change direction. It could be I get married and we last until both of us die. I don't know. Quite frankly, it shouldn't be something you focus on, but I know for me it's something that comes up all the time. But how do you deal with those things? What What is it that – what is your viewpoint on it? Uh, the self-victimization stuff is so incredibly uh, interesting to me because and you yeah. even added in. We talked about how we're not uh, uh, categorizing this as you know the trauma patient or or you know the trauma victim, not patient. Sorry, um, you know, in, in like a rape or natural disaster. We're not we're not saying that, but those things make it even more fascinating because how you deal with that really is going to dictate how do you move through. Mm-hmm. How, how you view it is going to dictate how you move through it. And I think you can you can take, um, especially I mean, as a patient at a patient level, right? So individuals that do have traumatic situations, I, I think I see it, uh, or I saw quite a bit of it with uh, working with wounded warriors when I first got in the military. So you would take an individual who had the same, um, let's say, bilateral, which is both legs, uh, both above the knee amputations or hip disarticulations where that meant that basically it looked like an ice cream scoop out of took one leg and just scooped out like the, the, the perineal region. You take two guys that had very similar injuries from very similar modalities with there was an IED blast or generally that's what it was. And you would look and you would have two different outcomes or two different, uh, recovery processes. So one person would be, and they would have all the same access to care rehab, uh, the same orthopedic surgeons, the same vascular surgeons, the same psychologist, the same psychiatrist, but you would have, you just have a mindset. There's two people that are going to, and maybe they, one person kind of plays the pity, woe is me. And the other guy steps up and makes something of it. And it doesn't mean that they don't both battle with the same exact PTSD. Uh, but you have the ability that, that again, it is a, a part of it can be learned, uh, but I think a lot of it is, well, I mean, learned meaning that's how that they, they deal with that situation. But then a lot of that just is this inner willpower to to literally say, I'm not going to be the victim here. I'm going to make something of this. So You're smiling. What you, what you got? We, yeah. So we're talking about this and I know we've brought it. I think it was the first episode we did. We talked about the happiness advantage, the book. Yep. And when you were talking about that with with, uh, with you know the, the amputee or something like that, I I just opened that book. It's sitting right next to me, and I opened up right to the page, page one hundred nine, and it says post traumatic growth. Hmm. And they're talking exactly about that. Uh, it's too easy to overlook the the th- they call it the third path, but it, it's where you have some kind of PTSD or, you know, it could be anything, bereavement. They're talking about bone marrow transplants, breast cancer, chronic illness, heart attack. How you view that, you know, you can say, why me? And you're probably just going to continue to falling down that rabbit hole. It's going to essentially, not for lack of, well, for lack of better terms, dig your own grave. 
But the people that really focus on saying, okay, this is what the situation is. I best make the, I better make the best of it. Um, those are the people that navigate through it quicker. In this book, they call it post-traumatic growth. So mm-hmm. you see a lot of people use that as a way to, uh, for self-victimization. They say, why me? It's, it's asking for pity. People feel bad for me. Um, you're lucky your life doesn't have this. Well, Okay, the same per you know a different person has the same experience uh, you know on the surface. Okay, we have two different people that are amputees, same injuries. One person, why is why is one person successful and one was not? It's exactly what you just said. It's the mindset. Um, who who is the guy um, in the CrossFit world that, that dropped the bar but he was snatching and dropped it on his spine? Uh, Kevin. Uh, um, <clears throat> I don't know. His I last can't. Name. It starts with an O. I can't remember what his name is, but. As soon as it all happened, he, he straight up said, he's like, I'll be back. And now he's not walking. To my knowledge, he's not walking. No. But he's crossfitting in a wheelchair. So, yeah, you know what? His life changed dramatically. I could not I could not ever fathom that. And I, quite frankly, don't wish that on anybody. But fuck. Yeah. Look at that. The guy went from walking. You, I've had knee surgery. And, man, you take for granted walking when all of a sudden you're on crutches for eight weeks. And you're like... Man, everything I do is fucking hard. I can't even take a shit yep. without like having your an knee. issue. Yeah, I, exactly. like, oh, I got a brace on. I can't get my shorts over. And, like, create those. Yeah. Make sure you're not eating the wrong <laughs> foods, because man, you draw some situations. You're like, why me? Mm-hmm. And I always, I always felt like those why me's were warranted, though. Um, <laughs> but it, it's funny how we can use certain things as catalysts. And and it, again, it's the framework of your mind. But the self victimization, man. Um, Again, it's not to talk about the extremes, but it doesn't have to be a negative thing. It, it can be positive. You talk about, you know, an elite a- athlete. With it. they're not victimizing certain things. They, I mean, they might at some point, but they could be using it as a how do I continue to grow? You know, you, you talk about a one percenter. My question was, was like, well, how the fuck do they find out where they're going to grow when they're already at the top? Yeah, they take on new challenges. Every everything you accomplish pr- produces a new challenge, and what that challenge is, it's different to everybody. Mm-hmm. No, it, doesn't, I, it doesn't have to be one yeah. thing. I think at the end of the day, I would rather be presented with challenges because I've done everything I possibly can to advance the ball down the road. That I've done everything that I want to do, reached every goal I possibly could, and then have a new list of challenges. I mean, I think that's why. I mean, this is again braggadocious the second time I've said this and ever said it in a podcast, (laughs) but it's that mentality. It's the grinding mentality. I'm going to work today. The paycheck that I get today is not the paycheck I'm going to get in three years because I'm going to do X, Y, and Z, and I need to fulfill these certain things in order to do it. I'm going to grind out the podcast once a week. I'm going to grind out the mod state podcast three times a week. Like I'm going to make my own success and there'll be setbacks, but it's my mindset. And I don't know. That's just, I, 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 I I, I think I'm, I'm, yeah, I don't know. I, I just, I I literally have this written down here, uh, under, I wrote down fixed versus growth mindset An increase in internal locus of control is again, the, the, the growth mindset. And next to it, I have, uh, the effect that the belief, Belief that effort, hard work, learning from your setbacks or your failures, um, soliciting feedback, so asking for help, mm-hmm. understanding the circumstance from a maybe a, a more rational or non-emotional, um, just a different perspective, that's what leads to success. Versus the external locus would be successes from sources outside uh, of your immediate control, luck, 
the environment, the accidental stuff. I, you know, I was talking about this when you when, uh, you were getting Kovu. Uh, you don't see how your actions or lack uh, of those actions may root be the root cause of how you feel about life. I know it's the second time I've said that, but it rings true. Mm-hmm. If you believe that your effort and your hard work and just taking in experiences um, is the most beneficial way for you, you are going to find success in how, whatever way you define success. It doesn't have to be monetary value. It could be I've impacted 10 people. I don't know. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. It yeah. just doesn't matter. Uh, but uh, the recipe does not change all that often. <clears throat> yes, there. You know, to make it to the NHL – You've got to work really hard. You've got to create a lot of uh, opportunity. But you know what? Sure. At the end of the day, there's people that are playing chess with who you are and your abilities, and that's out of your control. I can't control when they call me up. All I can control is how hard I work, uh, how I adjust to and adapt to um, you know, mistakes, mm-hmm. failures, whatever it might be. It, it, nothing has to be permanent. You know, you could talk about – I think we talked about this in the last podcast with the relationships – you get married, you get divorced, and you can marry that same fucking person again because you both went out, you worked hard, and you mm-hmm. somehow it out. came back to each other. It, these things, I don't know. Everybody thinks they have an answer for it. We talk about everything happens for a reason. Whatever world you subscribe to, that doesn't matter. It's just a matter of are you willing to take the responsibility for it? Yep. Again, we can't tell. I don't, you know, breast cancer, for example. I, I'm sure some of it's environmental. I'm sure some of it's um, genetic. Genetically, what did you do to deserve that? Uh, nothing. Born. You can't change much of that. Yeah, you, you're a miracle of life. But how are you going to deal with it? Are you going to sit there and let it kill you? I mean, it, it might have its way with you. And unfortunately, a lot of times it does. But you can continue to work and stay strong and believe uh, that you can beat this thing. And you might as well because that's your best chance. Your mm-hmm. best chance is not saying, well, I'm going to be fucked over. I'm dead. I'm, it's yeah. over. Well, Nothing's going to work. <clears throat> I look like, at my dialysis patients that I take care of and, you know, they are in. They If they don't show up, they die. And, right. um, you know, it's four, it's 12 hours a week plus the commute to get there. And it is it's just something you have to do. And really, honestly, the people with the, with the positive outlook on life really – succeed and have a better quality of life than the people that have a woe is me. And I am not for one second assuming that I know anything about living with kidney disease because I do not. And I sometimes wonder if I had congestive heart failure, whether or not I'd want to live or not. So because I'd never be able to do any of the things that I want to be able to do. But then, then you have really shitty things that happen to you, whether it's your own cause or it's someone else's cause and you realize that, you know what? I think I could probably do anything because I got through that and it was horrific. Uh, but it's taking the time to sit yeah. back and reflect on, okay, what have I accomplished? Yeah. It's not all failure. No, it's not. <laughs> like, I mean, I've, I've had a fair bit of failure in my life, self-inflicted sure. failure. Uh, but you know what? I just, I choose not to, I mean, I still deal with feeling productive but it's but then when you actually think about it and I write it down, it's like, what could you possibly do more of to be productive? What what else could you do? Because I can't even work out four times a week because I'm doing so much stuff. Right. Like what what else are you gonna do? So, <clears throat> well, uh, one of the easiest examples of, of you know like talking about control, uh, especially with resolutions on the rise. You know, being full swing. Hopefully for most people. Uh, <laughs> I want, to, I want to change my body composition. You're in control of what you eat. 
you get to make that decision. Should I have a burger? Should I have a salad? You know, am I eating the whole pint of ice cream? Dude, I, I don't. <sighs> I don't know anybody that does that. Oops. Uh. Uh, I just see the, I see the pine as like one spoonful. Um, but like I can control those things. So when I put the blame on, oh, I'm too busy, I'm too that, you know, whatever, dude, <laughs> you get to make the conscious decision or unconscious decision of what you fucking put in your mouth, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> which yeah. is a joke in itself. But you know, like, why are you fat? Now, yeah, I get that there's plenty of, of fucking diseases out there. I get it. I know that our lifestyles, if you live it the way a government wants you to live it, they have you sitting in a seat and for eight hours a day at a minimum. And yes, I get it. But at the same time, and this is coming from somebody that's not the pillar of health and even though I would love to be, uh, at least I say I would love to be, I'm just not, man. I love chips. I love ice cream. I'm going to eat a whole pizza. But – I also probably need to revisit the conversation I have when I'm like, dude, you're fat. Uh, dude, you need to lose weight. Or, dude, you're not attractive because you're fat. You know, those conversations, it's like, okay, you also are the same one that was like, I can have Taco Bell one more time. See, that's, that's the difference, though, because you you were recognizing that, hey, I am creating this you know, whatever. So you're taking responsibility for how you feel about something. I mean, you, you can, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a fat guy. I definitely have some unhealthy habits. So if I reap the benefit from that in the long run, it's totally my fault and I'm accepting that. But, you know, I I do watch some people who are chronically on every day. I'm at work. I see people who are chronically unhealthy and you know, the, dietitian comes around and they're like, Hey, you're dying because you're drinking, uh, like Pepsi or something like that because it's full of phosphorus and we can't filter out your phosphorus. Right. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Next day coming in. What are they drinking? Pepsi. You're like, Hey, are you right. taking your phosphorus? Well, yeah. It's yeah. diet today. Yeah. Are you taking your <laughs> phosphorus binders? Well, no, nah, they're like, I'm just not, I'm not very diligent at it. And you're like, you know, and some people, some people uh, in those situations are like, yep, my phosphorus is high because I love Burger King and I love Coke. And you know what? I wish I was better at taking my phosphorus binders because I probably would be, would have a lower phosphorus level, but damn it, I love Taco Bell. <laughs> and you're like, fair enough, man. Like you, you got it. You figured it out. Like I can't blame you for, you know, God bless you for for realizing that and, uh, and taking responsibility for it. But as opposed to the other person who's like, just denial or whatever it is, I, I don't right. know, but Dude, I see you could have had a water. You definitely could have yeah. had a water and whatever the underlying circumstances that you did not though, then, you know, a lot of times it can be your mental health. You know, people have body image issues. And for me, for me, like, I think I struggle with food and, and to keep on this, this topic, you know, this particular topic of it, I think I have some bad relationships with food and i think that most people do emotionally eat at times but mine is more of like a if it's not going to be perfect i might as well just be fucking terrible all the way around you know like <laughs> oh i've gone from having a well-balanced meal after a workout to ah, i'm gonna get some pizza i'm gonna get some bread i'm gonna crush all of it and then you know what i think i'm gonna have a whole pint of ice cream too and then the next morning i wake up and i'm like i can't understand why my stomach's upset I can't, I can't figure out why I'm like groggy and I can't think clearly, uh, why I'm angry at the world. Like, well, here's an idea, asshole. 
why don't you push away from the table? Why don't you acknowledge that you are having this perfection issue and just start taking conscious steps to um, understand it better and to eradicate that so that you can feel healthier? It's not a it, – at this point, it's not even a get lose weight. It's not that. It's a – how do I feel the best so I can perform the best in whatever I'm doing? Could be podcasting, could be studying, yeah. could be, you know, walking down the road without a back injury. I don't know, but all these things are like, I get to control what the fuck I put down my gullet. Mm-hmm. So, time out. Let's just do this, you know. And uh, it's totally different than a bad circumstance coming up. These things I do have control over, but I just. There's there's a quote that says things do not necessarily happen for the best, but some people are able to make the best of the things that happen. So there's something when when natural disaster strikes, insert your experience for natural disaster. It could be girlfriend, boyfriend breaking yep. up with you. could be getting laid off at a job. could be not getting the job. When that kind of disaster strikes, okay, that's fine. It doesn't always have to be pleasurable, but what are you doing to, to manipulate yourself into a winning position? 100%. At the end of the day, winning in life is 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 what you're really going for. Um, you know, people that say winning is not everything, that's fine. You can have your thought. But uh, last time I lost, I was pretty upset too. So um, when you get on a winning side, life feels better. You find more confidence. It doesn't have to be beating somebody else. It could be winning in the fact that, you know what, I wanted Taco Bell, but I, I made a better decision and I, I made homemade tacos. You know, and I, I put some vegetables in there and I had a little bit of right, you know, I made a balanced meal and that was my compromise of moving further away from saying, let's go get $35 in Taco Bell and eat the whole thing and then drink a pop and then be like, oh, I'm not going for the pint today. I'm going for two pints today. And, and then it's just these conscious efforts. So whatever the circumstances, if you don't have control, figure out what you do have control over and start taking your action forward. Um, and again, it, it doesn't, I feel like we always talk about the negative circumstances you can find you can be at a, above ground in everything, and you can still apply these same things and 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 I hate the word perfect, but improve on those things because you want to see where you can go. You know, mm-hmm. like for me playing hockey, I knew I was never going to be an NHL candidate. That wasn't why I played anymore. I wanted to be the best that I could. I wanted to find the highest level of hockey that I could compete at, and I could feel like I could win and contribute. And the in the meantime, I focused on my friendships. And the better friends that we became in hockey as a team, the better our team became. And ultimately, when I left, uh, they decided to win it. You know, and but I can look at that group of people and say those guys were some of the closest guys I can observe, mm-hmm. and that's why they won. It's not because they were most talented. They may have been. I don't know. Don't care. It's that they bought into the same thing. They all saw the same opportunity. Even when they lost, they said, you know what? That's not going to define us. That's going to propel us forward. We understand our mistakes. We're going to move forward with this. And the next time this opportunity comes up, we're going to find ourselves on the top of it. We're going to find ourselves in a winning position. Um, and, and, and it's just all about how you, how you phrase it, how you, how you draw it up. What, what light do you see these things in? Is it an opportunity or is it something that's just going to, it's going to be the cinder block around your ankle and you're jumping in head first. Yeah, absolutely. You know, make your decision. Exactly. Well, we're coming up on our, our time slot here. I wanted sure. to take a minute to um, just kind of push some things out. Uh, again, awesome topic, self-victimization. It's something I'm, I'm working on. And I think over these podcasts, we're sort of framing, uh, I hate to use the word manifesto because it's definitely negative connotation, but it's really like these tenets to understanding yourself that will help optimize mindset and mental health mindset really. And 
moving forward, you know, we we want to expand the life is done the the brand, I guess, whatever it is, to reach more people. And what we're doing to start off here, and I, you know, I'm sure these things will blossom and wane and wax and wane as as they appropriately should. Uh, but hopefully this week, the goal is to get the Facebook page up and going. Hopefully this, well, I say this week, like maybe by the time you listen to this, it, it is up. But um, looking to, to um, uh, the, you'll be able to type in life is done, uh, D-U-N-N on Facebook and get involved. There'll be some videos um, that are posted there, either from myself or from Brian. And it's a, it's a place where you can engage us. And you can put your thoughts out, things you've struggled with, things that you've overcome, how you do it. It's a community to help one another and get engaged with, with, you know, maybe it's people within your community or just on Facebook. Um, the, I think, really, um, my goal is, and I, I guess the goal, um, is to really just, and uh, in, in you as well, Brian, is to just reach as many people as we can. And... The another thing that I wanted to throw out as well, because other podcasts have done this, especially based on topics. If you have a suggestion, like, "Hey, I'd love to hear Absolutely. y'all. I'd love to hear y'all talk about. I don't know. You name it. Insert something about mindset and mentality. Maybe I don't have the answer for it, but there's plenty of people out there that I will tap. Um, maybe that's a- asking a question of someone. Um, in in a field, um, I definitely have access to mental health professionals. I have access to medical professionals. Um, that's where I work. This is where I live uh, every single day. Um, if you have a suggestion, you want us to talk about something, let us know. That can either be on my Instagram at Nate Welline. Brian, I know yours is... Um, uh, you can well, use the life is done or you can use perfectly done for either yeah. one of those works out. You find it on Twitter too. It's, it's yep. uh, perfectly done for. So any, um, any one of those modalities that you'd like to reach out to us, I think, uh, engagement, uh, is, is great for us and it's, um, it's great for everyone. So we'll put, we'll plug, uh, we'll push out when the Facebook page actually goes live. We'll push that on Instagram and and then my Facebook and and probably your Facebook as well and then okay. get people engaged there. I think we're looking at a Patreon page down the road. If you're willing to contribute um, a little bit to the podcast, our goal isn't for contributions for us to give us money. That's right. not the point. What we're looking for um, is to cover a little bit of the hosting fee to to do the podcast. It really isn't that much, and that's really not the the main point. The main point is we'd like to start to partner with and look for different organizations that have a good cause, a good message and help give to those, um, uh, those different associations, different coalitions. And this is very much, this is just uh, giving the listeners some idea of, of a, a possible avenue that we'd like to go down sure. and nothing is set in stone yet, but we're always looking for feedback. We're always looking for some suggestions and listener support. And, you know, we don't do this. Brian and I can have these conversations in the kitchen until we're blue in the face every single day until the day we die. But the support and listenership and the feedback we get from you is what drives us to do this and why we get on here once a week. So I guess just wanted to give people some, some idea of where we're looking to go with this. And if you've got also as well, if you know of people that you feel like would be worth interviewing and because mm-hmm. they've had a struggle that they've overcome or they have a mindset that helps inspire you, let us know. Um, I love to talk to people, obviously. I, I talk a lot. And Right. Well, I think that was what I was going to add, is that 
uh, not only are we trying to again this is as selfish as it is we feel good when we're done doing these uh, uh, it is therapeutic to talk but our goal is not about really us it's more about reaching other people and, and creating those avenues that people feel like they are there but uh, I think what we're very excited about is you know in the next few weeks we are going to start trying to have some guests on and uh, and start bringing different perspectives or even topics uh, it's not even going to be just mental health related but you know it could be an athlete it could be we've talked about yogis, massage therapists, it could be psychotherapists, whatever it might be, um, that just bring a perspective of how do they get through a day when they do face a struggle or how did they maneuver their way to being an elite athlete or any way that it contributes to mental health. And I think that, you know, Nate and I, uh, I think I don't want to speak for you, but I, I'm going to try to. Do it. Um, uh, I think we're extremely excited about that because it's an opportunity for you and I to learn personally. Mm. Um, but it's not that you're always going to agree with what somebody says, but someone's going to love it. Someone's going to hate it. And that's what's awesome is, is just you can learn. And even if you disagree with it, you can use it as value of saying, I understand somebody else that does believe that a little bit better. I understand the why they do something more. Um, but I, I think we're really excited about where we're headed and, and, the, and the idea that we're going to have some really great um, um, interviews and, and guests on the show and, and hopefully that – Again, if you, if there is a topic or even somebody that you want to interview, let let us know. Um, we're, we're very open and excited about the direction, and um, again, just trying to reach as many people as we can. I know I know we're kind of spread out as far as who we've reached uh, reached out to already, but um, again, that feedback, the the random messages are are just so awesome. They're incredibly motivating. But I know yesterday I shared one with you, Nate, that. Uh, it just left me speechless. It gave me chills down my spine. Like, I, very. I mean, there's been very few times in my life where I've experienced that sensation, um, and and it just was like, what the f- yeah. holy shit. Yeah. Um, so, we appreciate hearing that, guys. Uh, and I think uh, again, share share and and uh, help your friends out if someone's struggling. I don't know. Even if it's not us, it's there's something out there for somebody to find that that uh, helps them and encourages them to to find a better life. So um, find us on iTunes at Life Is Done, Podomatic Life Is Done. Find us on Instagram, follow us, share us. Um, and I'll just leave it with this. Uh, I just read this the other day. Uh, you alone choose which way you wish to control your life. So um, leaving off on the self victimization, you are in control of how you react and and. I guess just take inventory of what, what situation you're in. hundred percent, dude. Well, with that, we'll see you next week, right? Yeah, for sure. All right. I'll see you, buddy. Aloha, dude.